0: Hi Bill! How are you doing today? Robin, the cold winds are blowing, but man, I am happy to be here with you. How are you? Oh, cold winds over here as well.
1: I mean, by the time it gets to four o'clock in the afternoon, the sun has set, and I'm ready to just go home, grab a nice bowl of stew, or cowl, if you're of the Welsh origin, and I just want to curl up into bed, ignore all technology, and then just sleep like a grizzly
0: bear. You know, I, I love how you said that because this is that time of year when there is now a five o'clock at night <laughs> where, where I live. So, yeah, I'm with you. And, and oh, that bowl of stew sounds really good. I may it be is. distracted during our conversation now.
1: Oh, good. I just feel bad for people with astigmatism who try to drive at night and then the lights end up blaring so they can't mm. see anything at all. But on the plus side, the road should be a little bit quieter. So it's easier for you That's to true. get where you need to go.
0: Hopefully, yeah, Hopefully. we hope.
1: Fingers crossed. But anyway, Bill, what's on your mind at the moment? What's tickling your security fancy?
0: You know, there is something that's on my mind right now, and it's just quite honestly because we ran into it. It's not anything that's new, but I thought maybe we would talk a little bit about Gootloader. Uh, Gootloader. It's we've been aware of it for yeah. You know, well, maybe we'll call it a couple years, which is forever in cybersecurity terms, but. For those who aren't familiar with it, Gootloader is um uh, its basically a script-based downloader. Um, the way that this will typically get into an environment, so we'll, we'll call this malware, right? This this is a type of malware. Uh, the way that this typically gets in the environment, though, is is a, it's a little bit interesting. So, it it comes in. Uh, as a zip file, typically, usually the claim behind the zip file is that it contains, it could be things like legal documents or financial documents, business documents, things to that effect. Um, But typically, the route into the environment is through uh, SEO poisoning. So search engine poisoning, somebody goes out and looks for uh, contracts or looks for you know legal templates or things to that effect, and they end up getting a hold of this this zip file. So it's very opportunistic, Robin. It's not. Uh, it, it just kind of waits for somebody to to make the mistake. Now, the issue with it, and 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 kind of the reason that this is on my mind is, is there's a couple ways that this has to, uh, a couple hurdles this has to jump in order to get into the environment, right? First, it needs to be downloaded by somebody as a zip file. They need to open up that zip file. And then typically within that zip file is a uh, a JavaScript file, right? So like a .js or, or, you know, .jse, whatever the case may be. And yet people still click on it. <laughs> I, I I don't get it, right? I mean, it's it, but but it is what it is, right? If you're not savvy, I, I'm I'm kind of kidding a little bit here, but you know, if you're if you're not savvy, and you do end up double clicking this thing, the first thing that it does is it goes out and checks to see if you're if you're joined to uh, Active Directory, and then it starts sort of deploying its payload or or even potentially downloading things, right? So so gootloader is pretty notorious for pulling in Cobalt Strike or, or you know, some sort of ransomware to start taking place within the environment. I, I, are you very familiar with loader at all, Robin? I'm only
1: surface level aware of Loader. Okay. So if I, yeah. if I get it, if I execute it, what happens?
0: So if you execute it, again, it's going to do that initial check. It's going to deploy a, a couple of tools but it really is, a it's, its intent is as a downloader. So it's it's kind of the next stage into the problems that may take place, depending on what the threat actor's objectives are, right? So it, it can be configured to that. One of the questions that that comes to mind is, is this something that anti-malware can detect? Uh, and, and in some cases, the answer to that is yes, but certainly a uh, Gootloader can be modified. So if you're kind of doing the old signature-based stuff, not so much. Uh, this would be more of a file list type malware because what we typically see when it's executed is uh, it'll utilize either C script or W script commands to, to kind of kick off some of this work. So, obviously, if you're monitoring an endpoint, you're going to want to know when all of a sudden there's unusual C script or W script activity that's, that's taking place. Uh, this is kind of a living off the land thing, almost, mm-hmm. right? You you can't really get rid of that. So, you know, how do you actually mitigate this? And and I I, I want to talk through a little bit about mitigation, especially for pieces of malware like this. Because if you think about the miter attack framework, let's go back to that a little bit. <laughs> We're kind of left on the framework, which is those initial stages, right? Gootloader is essentially trying to get in there. Uh, to, to almost establish a sense of persistence and then to, to serve as a staging platform to begin to pull in whatever those things are that are going to help the threat actor to accomplish their goals. So how do you stop that? Uh, particularly if it uses, you know, and, and this is true of, 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 any malware. Does it use PowerShell, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that's native or C script or, or, or W script. How do you actually stop that? How do you know that that's a, an indicator of attack because, just normal operations, you know that you may use that pretty frequently. So think of it a, a couple ways in, in very in particular to this piece of malware. One way that you would want to potentially stop this is to maybe change the associated auto execution in the operating system for Jscript. right Jscript is something that can you know potentially be used obviously for for threatening. Uh, type activity, so how, you know, go in and change .js or .jsc file association. Certainly, we can do that. And that's if if you think about the MITRE ATT&CK framework, that might you know, you, you those are the kinds of mitigations that that typically get recommended in order to prevent these sorts of things from happening. Mm-hmm. However, um, we need to look at this from a you know, first of all, from a threat prevention standpoint. But we also need to look at it from a threat hunting standpoint, because again... It's, it's sometimes not practical. Let's take a step back. Threat actors are smart enough to know that you don't put all of your proverbial eggs in one basket, right? You don't make this massive attack through one attack vector because real-time threat prevention engines are very good at stopping those things. Your firewalls, your CASB, right? Your, your anti-malware intrusion prevention, all those pieces, they're very good at that. So they know that they want to do living off the land techniques because it's, it's much harder to see that. They want to come in on multiple vectors. So you've got all these different potential indicators that maybe in and of themselves are not enough to trigger one of those real-time engines. So we talk about mitigation techniques on the MITRE ATT&CK framework as this this loader attempts to start moving toward the right of the the MITRE ATT&CK framework and get toward things like data exfiltration or encryption of files or or whatever the case may be. You want to try to stop that but you may not necessarily be tripping those real-time engines. So first of all, you got to make sure that you have that endpoint protection. You, you, you just do, right? Uh, the great thing about a SASE solution is that it can limit the blast radius uh, when an endpoint is compromised, right? Because the, the moment that tries to move somewhere, uh, it, it's going to be stopped by, by those engines, right? Because at that point they're starting to act on objectives or they're trying to do lateral movement. You're going to spot those kinds of things, but how do you tell the story? Uh, How do you, how do you pull this all together? And I, I, I think that's when you really need to look at kind of an extended detection and response scenario where you're looking at things like, uh, like threat hunting, pulling all those pieces together Uh, And, and, and realizing that there, there may be a story here to tell that, that something's going on that we're not sure of, paint that picture Um, or, or do things like, and we use abbreviations all the time, Robin, do UEBA, right? User and entity, behavioral analytics, train the model so that we learn what normal behavior is. And when it falls outside of the norm, we are, we're aware of that. Uh, You know, we begin to tell a story on that. So, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what's on my mind lately. I, I think that, uh, you know, the call to action here is take a look at not only what you're doing from a real-time threat prevention perspective, but are you, are, do you have the capability to tell a story? I, 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 this argument happens all the time. Do I do uh, XDR or do I do a SIM? Mm-hmm. what's the difference between them, right? SIMs tend to be very rule-based. They tend to be reactive. Uh, you, you're doing weaving of multiple data sources together, trying to create what, what typically are called incidents versus an XDR, which does tend to be a little bit more proactive, right? It goes out and does that hunting. It's, it's constantly monitoring, looks for anomalies, identifies those before those anomalies turn into something potentially even uglier so just something i think to 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 keep in mind when you are doing this kind of preventative work and i i think in this case Loader is a it's just a great example because it, it reminds us that threat actors are using multiple vectors we have to get to a point where we can tell the security story
1: okay that sounds good so xdr is the way forward right
0: well, I, I think it is. Um, I, again, there's, there's value in Sims, right? Uh, Sims do tend to be much more log based. Uh, and, and then of course you have to try to set up those rules that, that begin to identify that. I do think XDR is the way forward. I think the ability to tell that story is, uh, is powerful. And I'll tell you, um, we always talk about artificial intelligence, and what about mm-hmm. the threat actors using artificial intelligence? Well, here here is a great place that artificial intelligence plays in helping to tell those stories. So that's that's the advantage that we as defenders, uh, you know, that, that we can utilize artificial intelligence in in being able to to paint that picture while threat actors are trying to act very very quietly. Um, I, I did see a statistic. I'm sorry, it's not coming to mind now, but the the degree to which dwell time has dropped in recent years uh which i attribute a lot to machine learning and ai uh it's pretty significant so we're getting better we're definitely getting better but certainly the the threats don't stop and uh, sometimes as we say the the rearview mirror is clearer than the windshield mm-hmm. as we reflect on the threat landscape. And and uh, and so let's take that opportunity, let's reflect on the landscape and then let's change the way we do things. Let's turn them into stories that are actionable. Mm,
1: but remember, Bill, when you talk about statistics, 87% of statistics are completely fabricated, completely made up. That's what I've heard. Just, just like I, that one there. I don't so even we, know if that statistic is real. <laughs> there we go, always right. question. Now, now uh, when it comes to statistics and stories, you have to look at some research organizations out there to actually help you build that plan. That's true. Now, it kind of dovetails into what I wanted to talk about today, and that was the National Cybersecurity Center, the NS- NSCS. Uh, I, f- I always find it really hard to say that. Yes. They've just completed their annual 2023 review. Now, if you've never heard of these folks before, the NCSC is the UK's authority on cybersecurity. Now, they put out this comprehensive report each year, summarizing developments, achievements, and they also like to analyze some key trends and emerging challenges. Now, there's a ton of great information packed into this review. By any chance, Bill, have you read the 70-plus page reports that got launched on the 14th of November?
0: Robin, I'm embarrassed to admit that I have not yet read it. No, oh,
1: what have you been doing, you slut? You know. call <laughs> yourself a security practitioner. <laughs> oh, you should have that
0: memorized already. Uh, sh- absolutely. Yeah, point taken. <laughs> oh,
1: fine. Well, in that case, let's dive in. I'll give you a little summary Please. so you don't need to read it if you don't. Oh, thank
0: want. you. Thank you.
1: Now, first up, the report provides a nice overview of the evolving global threat landscape and some of the major adversaries that the NCSC is keeping watch over. Now, Russia continues to be one of the world's most sophisticated cyber actors, with things like ransomware and disinformation campaigns intensifying even further, and that was (laughs) attributed to the war in Ukraine. Now, the NCSC is focused on Russia's cyber espionage and information advantage tactics, as well as monitoring the activities of Russian cyber criminals and state-aligned actors. But it's not just Russia that people are focusing on. China's rise as a technology superpower also presents monumental security challenges in the year ahead. China is growing at a rapid rate. Indeed. Now, the NCSC is working closely with allies to enhance their defenses and develop capabilities to counter China's cyber operations. And they rightly call out China as an epoch defining threat that we need to be prepared for. I yeah. love that thing. An epoch oh, yeah. very precipice. Like That's things big. are moving towards a head. Almost galactic. That's right. almost. Almost. Oh, man. We've got site, we've got megabytes, we've got gigabytes. We need epoch bytes. You know, something really garmantuous oh just make up tons of fun
0: words (laughs) garmantuous i have an idea for your next book and it's your new vocabulary primer that that needs to be your next book (laughs) that
1: would be good that'd be good coming up with new business terms i heard one earlier of we should sugar the turd i like that one (laughs) wow (laughs) that was fun now It's So we have Russia, we have China, everyone knows about that. But we also have the other adversaries that appear time and time and again, like Iran and North Korea, because they're always trying to conduct their cyber operations. And ransomware remains one of the most accurate and acute cyber threats facing the UK globally. Now, the report itself covers the full proliferous proliferation of these threats in depth but at a high level these nation actors seem to be causing the biggest volume and quantity of threats now when we look at threats the report then moves on to building resilience and resilience is a major focus across governments industry and honestly citizens now some highlights include the NCSE's trust groups and these trust groups collaborate with industries on security priorities Now, this Cyber Essentials program saw a big jump in adoption this year. And the active Cyber Defense program prevented millions of attacks through mail screening, takedowns, intel sharing, and lots of other great initiatives to drive proactive offense. As you know, Bill, the best form of defense is offense. And having a proactive defensive line already set up before people get to you is better. Love it. It's, It's a lot easier to build a high fence than it is to understand why somebody got through your window. Now, personally, I, like I was also very excited when reading the report. I know that sounds really boring and I should probably get different hobbies, <laughs> but there was a huge amount of growth and innovation happening in the UK's Cygo eco- ecosystem. Nice. Now, well, you know, the, the UK is a much smaller fish than the US or China now, but... The NCSC said that the cyber sector in the UK is now worth over 10 billion pounds. Wow. Yay, which I think is around 12 or 13 billion of your US dollars. Absolutely. Freedom bucks. Freedom bucks. The NCSC is trying to cultivate additional talent through academic programs, supporting startups, and prioritizing diversity and inclusion throughout the market. They believe that growing the next generation and building an inclusive work face is one of their most vital pillars when it comes to fostering a proactive cybersecurity ecosystem. Love that. Which is fantastic. You need to think of every single attitude, every single di- demographic, and yes. without diversity, you end up with a load of back patting and, hey, you end up cyclical.
0: They're different need- angles, Robin. Absolutely.
1: Different angles. I've seen in the past, Bill, that even just different language packs can be injected into programs can cause angles of exploits. So diversifying, it's great. Now, on the technology front, the big two focal points are quantum computing and AI. Those are the major focal points giving the potential opportunities alongside risks.
0: Robin, I got to stop you there. I am so (laughs) happy that... Quantum was called out. We we are so hung up on AI, which rightfully so. Finally, finally, uh, I, I, I love this group already.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you look at Gartner's security impact radar report that they launched a few moons back, Quantum they believed would be a problem in say two years from now, and the only immediate pain right in the center of the impact radar. Was Sassy Secure Access Service Edge as the biggest impact of anything at all. So that's what people should be worrying about right now. But the NCSC are looking to the future about things that we've seen and things that we should get prepared for. Now, they advise on mitigating things like quantum scry- cryptography and taking a secure by design approach as AI gets further integrated. Mm-hmm. Now, for those out there who've never heard about quantum cri- cryptography, I can't say my words today, quantum <laughs> cryptography, If this becomes fully realized today, all of your ciphers, all of your AES and DES, they turn from being hundreds of hours block to seconds. I know, Bill, do you have a special interest here? Do you have anything you want to add to the quantum march?
0: No, this is why I'm so excited, and I do have a special interest. Listen, let's not fall into the trap of thinking that quantum is a brand, right? (laughs) Quantum is a different type of compute that is going to enable us to really just have so much more horsepower to be able to crack these things. I I think it's important and see, you you gave me an opportunity to talk here, Robin, and I'm sorry, but I'm so (laughs) passionate about this topic. We have to understand that even today's cryptographic methods, uh, according to Kirchhoff's principle and those that aren't familiar, it says that, you know, uh, an algorithm is secure. If you do understand the algorithm and yet the key still keeps it secure, that's Kirchhoff's principle. All of them should, should, uh, you know, should adhere to that standard quantum computing having so much more horsepower, right. Per, per, you know, microsecond is going to be able to take those things and is going to be able to crack them open. So that means that you can crack them today. It just, the point is it takes so long to do it that, that nobody does, right. You can get my credit card data and crack it in Mm -hmm. 40,000 years from now. I don't care. Right. Mm -hmm. But this, this really, really matters. So I'm, I'm excited to hear it getting mentioned, keep in mind quantum is not a brand because you're going to go out and you're going to hear all these people say you know we're we're protecting quantum cryptography it's it's just not true it has to be developed from the ground up and i think that's what you were saying so let me let me get back to your report robin because i want to hear more but no, so so excited about that
1: that's all good it's it's a big problem and it's going to really fundamentally change the way we do encryption so it's it is huge shifts on the horizon Now, other emerging threats that this report detailed included things like supply chain attacks and protecting democratic institutions. They're all discussed. Now, the main takeaway is that continuous vigilance and adaptation are essential. Now, as the threat landscape keeps rapidly changing, things will always need to be adapted to. But the NCSC's proactive initiatives demonstrate that they they themselves are on top of challenges and they are collaborating well to drive security forward. Now, some of the key stats that I really liked from this report and themes I want to highlight to you, Bill, is first of all, the NCSE received over 2,000 cyber incident reports this year. And that is from September 22 to like 31st of August 23. Now, around 370 of those were deemed serious enough for the incident management teams to handle. This shows the sheer volume that the NCSE themselves are aware of. Now, this is a, gov- a higher level body than just your regular... Cybersecurity operating center working. So things have been escalated to that level. Now, over the year, 15, one, five new pieces of guidance were published spanning topics like cloud security, cyber hygiene, and AI. The guidance itself had 1.7 million page views showing the public's appetite for security advice. That is a lot of page views. The active cyber defense program prevented millions of attacks through services like suspicious email reporting, domain takedowns, and mail screening. ACD active cyber defense is a core part of improving the national resilience. On the positive side, 56,000 girls have now participated in the Cyber First Girls competition since its launch in 2017, ah. which is nice. nice. Helping inspire the next generation of women in cybersecurity. I think it's no secure uh, no secret bill that women are significantly underrepresented in the realms of cybersecurity. Absolutely. So it's great to see nation states investing more in this. Oh yes. Now, the number of NCSC-certified academic degrees in cybersecurity also continues to grow. Now with 75 undergraduate and postgraduate options at 50 universities, and of course, cybersecurity remains the largest UK security export subsector, now contributing £5 billion in 2021 and continuing to accelerate. They're a little behind with their their, their, their and analytics. So, in in summary, Bill. This report covers an incredible breadth of programs, statistics, initiatives, and insights essential for anyone looking to understand the cyber landscape. Mm. Russia, China, ransomware, emerging tech, resilience, international collaboration, workforce development. It's all in there. Now, while the threats we face are rapidly evolving, the NCSC's leadership in research, guidance, and proactive defense shows the UK is on the frontier of cybersecurity. Who needs the Ohio Cyber Reserve when you have the UK spearheading that stuff? (laughs) But it also makes clear the continued vigilance and public-private partnerships are kind of crucial for security in the years ahead. Mm. Now, in addition to summarizing all of those key developments and statistics, the NCSC annual review makes some important suggestions and recommendations for improving cyber going forward. Now, for both government and businesses, the report stresses the need for basic better cyber hygiene, like Using strong passwords, enabling two-factor authentication, or adopting their cyber essentials program. And they say that this is effective for critical infrastructure organizations, primarily because, of course, they're promoting their own works, because it's it's a report made by the people who created the program, understandable, but the information within is still fantastic. You know, collaborating internationally is vital to counter global adversarial threat. The report highlights the value of threat and vulnerability data sharing to effectively build a better collective picture of risks. Definitely. Taking a whole society approach to where government, industry, academia, and the public works together on the security is a major theme. We're looking at additional things like optimizing active cyber defense capabilities by adding more automation and AI, growing the diversity of cybersecurity workforces, and generally making our continued diligence, adaptation, and cooperation to make life better. We always need to be one step of emerging threats, and it's only by engaging that collaborative hive mind that we can become better as a group. Now, Bill, I've talked for far too long, as per usual, But this report is hugely valuable for both individual citizens looking to protect themselves online, as well as industry and government readers responsible for organizational security. I personally highly recommend perusing the full NCSE annual review for anyone delving into the details. And you can find it on the NCSE website or your search engine of choice. And heck, I might even put a link to that in the show notes if you're interested and want to click around and look at
0: it. That's a good idea.
1: It's 70 pages, but it's written without a tech brain being needed to fully understand. If you've got time on a train, time on a plane, or if you want some good bedtime reading, grab it, read it, and learn something new. Definitely. That's all from me today, Bill. Anything that you'd like to share before we depart?
0: Yeah, I've got one more thing I want to share, Robin, and it's maybe it's something that you and I will talk privately about. Or maybe it could be a podcast episode, but I'm I'm thinking through the results of the report. And since you fired shots about the Ohio Cyber Reserve, uh, I wonder how that document can be viewed in line with some of the recent digital privacy changes that have come about. Might be something worth us talking about. What do you think?
1: I think that might be good information for another episode.
0: Oh, so be it. Ooh, okay. Happy it is. Very Until good. Until
1: next time, Bill. You stay safe out there.
0: All the best, buddy. Take care.